The Holy Gospel according to John, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But amongst you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe, and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A week ago, I returned from Haiti. Our mission, as many of you know, in partnership with our team in Haiti, is to distribute food, those precious black dress shoes required for school uniforms, toiletries and soccer balls to several hundred children in the northern region of Capetian. It was an excellent week filled with blessings and a few challenges. The challenges first. The roads are still unspeakable. The traffic is still a nightmare. In fact, when I get home from Haiti, I think our roads in Minnesota are absolutely perfect and beautiful. The weather did not magically change to my preferred 75 degrees with a nice breeze blowing. It was still very hot in Haiti. And our 46 boxes of shoes, toiletries, and soccer balls are still in customs. So keep on praying, but progress is being made, and it's going to be okay. I'll get to more about that later. The blessings. There are so many that I won't be able to get to them all, but I'd like to tell you about five big ones. First blessing, the food situation. In Haiti, they have a saying about the many uncertainties in their lives. They say, God knows everything. Regarding food distribution to all our children, God knew everything long before we did. Now, it's not a surprise that God knows more than we know, but isn't it a blessing when we are confused about something 
and then later we get to see what God was up to all along? That's what happened. Here's the food story. Early in the year, we expected that we would be able to ship a large quantity of Feed My Starving Children food to Haiti, as we had in previous years, 10 packages for each child. Then we learned that it would not be available to us until later in the summer, too late to ship. We were at first a little confused and frankly disappointed. It seemed like such a good thing to send this particular food. I think we said something like, really, Lord? And then we understood that we were being directed to source food locally in Haiti this year, which would also be better for their economy. A little background, Mirli Abraham and Poland Mathurin are our husband and wife team, originally from Haiti, who brought the dream of the ministry to us. They translated for us all week in Haiti between English and French Creole, God bless them. Poland is our advance guy for these trips. He goes to Haiti 10 days before the rest of us to get everything ready. So he meets with the families of our kids in half a dozen communities. He lets them know our plan and our schedule, including that our boxes of shoes were held up in customs. He purchased food in bulk, spaghetti, condensed milk, and sardines, all foods our families love, which was ready to be repackaged by the time Merlee and I arrived. Rachel, who gave our children's sermon this morning, arrived a bit later. As you know, she works with our littlest members here at church. She was amazing with the children in Haiti as well. She's a really good photographer, and she ate everything. <laughs> I ate toast and eggs. She ate sea cucumber. Of course, if we had shipped Feed My Starving Children food, as we originally intended, it would also still have been in customs with our boxes and not available to us. We would have had nothing to give the children at that first schedule meeting with each community. But because we bought food locally, we had something valuable to give the children, a very nice, heavy bag of food. It was an aha moment. Oh, that's what you were up to, Lord. Thank you so much. What a blessing it was for us to have food for them. We did as much as we could at the distributions, even without the shoes, and there was a lot. We met with the children and the parents. We greeted each and every one. We prayed with them, gave them food, and we measured all those feet from tiny size 11 to men's 14. The way God worked out the food was blessing number one. And we started praying to see what else God was up to. And something else happened. It's blessing two. We learned how much these families trust us. They have been disappointed over and over by people who have not kept promises. But we have done what we said we would do for four years because of your generosity. They trust us, even though the shoes were not being delivered at the same time as the food. And, of course, Haitians understand things being held up in Haitian customs far better than we do, so they trust that the shoes will come. We heard no complaints, only many merci, merci, thank yous that they wanted us to pass on to you.
I want to tell you about a third blessing that touched me deeply. On the day the bulk food was packaged into the, or repackaged into the 500 bags, one for each child. Our team of six young men who help us each year, I will call them our crew, now in their early 20s, are always watching for our arrival. Their names are Winsky, Junior, Richcard, Emmanuel, Hudson, and Felix. We hire them to help us mainly with the heavy work of the distribution. The food repackaging of that locally sourced food was new this year, and for the sake of gender equity, we had hired two young women to help us with this particular task of repackaging. I explained the situation to the crew who had shown up when we arrived, that they would be paid for their normal work later, but the young women were helping us with this part. And then I jokingly said, they could stay to help us repackage the food if they wanted to, but they wouldn't get paid for this part. I thought they would leave, but they stayed. And they worked hard the entire time with no expectation of reward, cheerfully. What a blessing that was. It was a big effort to repackage that food, and in fact, it would have been very difficult without them. Now, shortly before I left, a member of our church put some funds in my hand for the unexpected in Haiti, because God knows everything. So we were, in fact, able to give each of them something, plus a bag of food. The guys were very grateful, not just for the income, but they said for the ministry itself, because their families were also part of the program. It was one of those guys last year who was so excited when he got paid for his six days of work so he could pay his little brother's school tuition. These six guys, our crew, have been friends since they were little, and they're like brothers who look after each other. Someone gave them an old car. They pulled their money to fix it up, sort of, and they offered it to our service. Now, starting at each time involves opening the hood, putting oil somewhere, and spraying something else somewhere else, and a lot of dark smoke coming out the tailpipe. <laughs> but they offered it to our service, and we said yes, and they were the ones who transported the bags of food to all the different communities. We get to know them a little better each year, and this year we learned about their hopes and their dreams, and also more about their faith. One of them helped Rachel take photos of the children, straightening their shirts and smoothing their hair and enticing smiles out of them. One carefully put a bag of that heavy food into the little children's arms. So good, so patient. At the end of one of our work days, I asked these very, very social young men if they were planning to go home and read their Bibles for the evening. One replied very seriously that he didn't have a Bible, which will be remedied soon, I promise you. They knew I was halfway joking with them, but they said, because they wanted me to know, Pastor, we pray every night and morning and before and after every meal. They are a blessing, and we are exploring their potential beyond the heavy lifting. The crew, their generosity, their hard work, their good cheer, is my blessing number three.
We also connected on a deeper level with our Haitian leaders for each community. Enoch, who watches over all of us. Jordanis, his wife, who is an amazing and unhurried prayer. Jula, an amazing cook. Fada, who is 25 and wise beyond her years. Elda, a great addition to the staff this year. She is strong and organized. And Favo, Poland's good friend and the secretary of the ministry. It is Fabu's house where all the food and the boxes are delivered for repackaging, sort of our headquarters. These leaders are people of profound faith in Jesus Christ. Experiencing their strong faith is my fourth blessing. Here we are now in our fifth and final week of gospel readings about Jesus and bread. When I think of Jesus as the bread of life, I think of how bread nourishes us and strengthens us. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ is truly the bread of life, the nourishment, the strength of all of our leaders. Scripture is deep in their hearts and minds. Heartfelt, fervent, unhurried prayer is offered before every task, every location, every distribution, usually by those leaders. One leader in front of a large group of families for food distribution one day asked if one of them would like to pray. I was surprised when a little boy came forward. He covered his face with his hands like this. It is something that many of the children there do when they pray. It's like bowing our heads, except I think more so. And he just repeated over and over, thanks God, thanks God, thanks God, thanks God. With all of the uncertainties and difficulties in his young life, he is one of the poorest of the poor in the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. His only word to God was, thank you. It was a very profound moment. We learned that the families would love to meet with us and spend more time just praying together, and we can do that. Sharing faith with our friends in Haiti from young to old is huge and life-giving blessing number four. Poland is staying on in Capation to make sure that the shoes get on those kids' feet. Paperwork for our boxes in customs is now underway. Our team there is strong and capable and devoted, and it will happen. Keep on praying, but it will happen. And I claim in advance that the kids receiving their shoes is blessing number five. Although things did not go exactly as we planned, God knows everything. Blessings abounded. People were fed, and we grew in our spiritual bond with our teams and their families. You were all there with us, as at each distribution I told them that you send your thoughts and your prayers, your love and your respect, along with the food and the shoes. And know that families in Haiti are praying for us and for our children, too. Our faith unites us. And that is a beautiful thing. In the name of Jesus, amen.